Genre. Companion presents Doctor Who, The Long Way Round, the weekly podcast where we review, discuss, and recap every episode of Doctor Who, one doctor at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And I'm Scott Corelli. And today on the show, we'll be discussing the Daleks, the first doctor's third story. Uh, welcome back, guys. We're in our third season of The Long Way Around. Congratulations, Woo-hoo. everyone. Okay. And we're talking about the Daleks, uh, which uh, do some uh, background on uh, on this story. So a lot of this, a lot of the background is covered in the uh, first Doctor TV movie that we uh, we watched and talked about. Um, yes. We talked about how uh, Sydney. Uh, Got like a, I've just got like text to scroll through and freaking Sydney Newman. Um, Sydney Newman, who was played by Brian Cox in the movie, how he w- didn't want bug-eyed monsters uh, in Doctor Who, and then the second story out the gate is bug-eyed monsters, and he was really upset about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was basically all we knew about the Daleks in that story. Uh, but there's a lot more uh, because okay, so first of all. This story um, was somebody that, that the script editor David Whitaker was uh, – he was trying to get this guy who was a comedy writer named Terry Nation to write a Doctor Who story. And at first he wasn't into the idea and then he had this crazy idea for a series called uh, The Survivors. And wow. uh, so they went ahead and commissioned it and then – uh, they turned the title of the episode into the mutants, which is what technically the story is called. It's technically called the mutants, but everyone refers to it as the Daleks because there's a third doctor story called the mutants. Right. It's terrible. And as terrible as it is, <laughs> you can't argue that it's called the mutants. And these stories back, back then, I mean, you know, in the first doctor era, they named every episode rather than, uh, the uh, story. So like, yeah. for like, so, so yeah. So it was all kind of like ambiguous anyway. So everyone just sort of in like retroactively started referring to this story as the Daleks. Yeah. Like for, for, for our listeners sake, like after the theme theme music, there, there is no like title card. Like we've grown used to it. It's like we, we fade open and then we see a title card that says like the dead planet. Not right. like the Daleks part one. It's just like the dead planet and then the survivors and the raid or whatever. The- right. Um, so. Uh, so, yeah. So he went to work on that. It was intended to be the fourth adventure of the season following Marco Polo. Uh, however, the second story, which was going to be written by the same guy who wrote uh, the opening story with the cavemen, 
uh, he uh, kind of sucked, as it turned out. He was not great. They were not happy with the, how the cavemen turned out, and they did not like uh, the BBC. They I mean, did like, who, not, who was, really? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, right. So they didn't like how that turned out, um, and they weren't liking his scripts for his his follow-up story. And so they fired him and moved up uh, the Marco Polo to third and then moved up um, the Daleks to the third story. But then the Marco Polo script wasn't finished yet, so then they swapped them because Terry Nation wrote the Daleks uh, really, really quickly. And originally it was only commissioned as a six-part story and uh, they he asked for an additional episode because he couldn't stop his idea train. Um, and that is, uh, Terry nation to a T. Um, yeah, you cannot stop this guy's ideas, whether or not the scripts are good. You can't stop his ideas. Uh, and, and he's, he's written a lot of insane episodes. This is probably the sanest episode that he's ever written for the show. Um, kind of unfortunately. Yeah. Most of the time his episodes are like bonkers. Yeah. Yeah, just completely bonkers. <laughs> um, so, okay. So then uh, a couple of things that were changed. Uh, the uh, the uh, the bomb that goes off that has sort of like wiped this planet um, was originally done by a third party who would show up and be like, oh, sorry, I really screwed up your planet, guys. And it was going to be sort of this thing where – the Thals and the Daleks hated each other because they thought the other one destroyed the planet. And then it ended up being this third party that shows up and is like, <laughs> actually, uh, ooh, uh, awkward. Sorry. Uh, it was us. Um, and then the, and, and the Daleks were like sort of kinder. Like you kind of understood their, their, their reasoning for wanting to destroy the Thals was that they didn't want to be in another war. So they thought, well, if we want to avoid war, we just kill all the Thals and then there's no war. Like it was like oh my God. it was like a real like like no, yeah, it was like, yeah. It was like a real um uh sort of like Vulcan sort of way of looking at like a logical uh way to stop war. Oh god, I just imagined like a Dalek on the bridge of the Enterprise with like a blue shirt. <laughs> it would be I mean there's there's comics that exist. Captain um, yes, but, uh, yeah, so they were sort of, they were sort we of, we have no cob, I might, they were a lot more Vulcany originally. Sure. Um, and they, they ran very much on, uh, on logic and that sort of thing. Um, uh, and that changed. Made one. that changed because they, <laughs> they only had time to design two creatures. They couldn't do three. Sure. Um, that was like too much. Um, and, uh, couple of other things like there 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 was a lot of like minor like set piece changes and things like that that um uh things like uh really random things like the uh, the dogs were originally going to be powered by electricity and the associate producer suggested that it be static electricity for some reason i guess because that was a new idea at the time and so, so they can hug yeah so it just sounded i don't know more sci-fi or something <laughs> sure um, uh, but rubbing against each other to like move, move. I need to move. <laughs> um, rub me. 
Well, I mean, that's, that's what we got. Uh, yeah. Now here's where this, this bit is, uh, uh, oh, and then the other bit, when they were filming the first episode, they filmed it once and they listened back to the, to the tapes or the, the recordings and they discovered, uh, that somehow the sound from the, uh, direction booth had been recorded directly onto the soundtrack of the episode. And so throughout the episode, you could hear the director giving direction um, <laughs> oh, to the, sucks. to the camera people. And uh, so they had to like all of that footage what like was wasted and they had to uh, reshoot all of it. Oh man. Um, then the most interesting bit uh, uh, is that the pr- original production designer had to step down because uh, their um, availability changed at the last minute. Uh, and they were replaced by Raymond uh, Cusick, who uh, designed the Daleks um, and, uh, you know, created the iconic uh, Doctor Who villains. Mm-hmm. However, that production designer who was not available and would have been the designer of the Daleks had he been available. Do you know who that person was? No. Is it one of the the Croft brothers? No. Okay. It was none other than director Ridley Scott. What? Oh, yes. I did know this. I think I heard I, – I mean I heard that like he – Ridley Scott almost had something to do with Doctor Who at the beginning. At the beginning, mm-hmm. that's amazing. That's insane. He was almost God, he God, was hired was like twelve. Yeah, I mean, he was young. He was probably in his early twenties. Um, he was uh, the he was the person the the production designer hired to design the Daleks, and then the last minute he had to back out for uh, some reason. It doesn't say why. And then was replaced by Raymond Cusick, and we got the Daleks that we got. God, the director um, of the Counselor almost designed the Daleks. <laughs> Do yes. you think he's like kicking himself for the past fifty years for turning that gig down? I think he's fine. I <laughs> yeah, I don't. But do, yeah. doesn't he love Doctor Who? Like, isn't he a he big does Doctor now. Who fan? Okay. Yeah. Although, although as as a fan of Doctor Who, I mean, I can't imagine the Daleks looking any other way. Right. Yeah. You know. And, it, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, a part of me thinks that maybe Ridley Scott is glad that he didn't turn it he, that he, that he didn't do it because then we got what we got, and that's how it should have been. You know. Mm-hmm. I don't By know. the way, it takes makes it makes absolute sense that Ridley Scott began as a production designer. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Can you imagine if like HR Geiger had designed the Daleks. I know and they're just like wet and phallic and like. <laughs> That's so gross. <laughs> um, so, uh, oh well, I mean, it would have been within his uh, would have been within his uh, uh, his design sense because I mean, if the Daleks are nothing else, they are very German. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so now, now, now I'm picturing like a Dalek and like Lederhosen and like one of those little caps. Yeah. Uh, so, so here's uh, then the, the ratings is another thing that I wanted to talk about because sure. they talk about 
um, the ratings a little bit on the uh, on on the in the movie. But it's important to know that the show was almost canceled at this point, and the first episode had uh, 6.9 million viewers. Oh. Okay. But the second episode dropped. It went to 6.4. Right? Okay. But then, for some reason, the everyone who watched it must have been talking about the Daleks, uh, who were introduced <laughs> in the second episode. Yeah. And the third episode went from 6.4 million to 8.9 million. Oh, my <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god! And then the fourth episode, nine point nine million. I love that. I, I love that. I, I'm just imagining, like, at the office on like on like Monday morning, it's like, oh, you see, right? So I'm watching Doctor Who with my kid. Cannot <laughs> <laughs> believe these weird trash can things just come at this. They're, they're yelling all the time. <laughs> I gotta see this. Yeah, there and they then- are. By the end of uh, by the end of the serial, uh, Doctor Who had an average viewer base of ten point four million viewers. Wow! Yeah. Um, How which, ironic that his greatest foe, the Dalek, is arguably uh, the Doctor's uh, biggest savior. Yeah, totally. Uh, and then, of course, the last bit of information that I have about this was that um, the Dalek blew up. And uh, became really, really popular. And as a result, uh, the, they went on tour. Well, no, well, I mean they did. That was oh. a thing that happened. But, <laughs> but wait, wait, uh, were they going like a Daleks out of their shells tour? No. So, so two two things happened. Okay, so sorry. one, um, the Daleks was by David Whitaker was adapted into a novel form called. Doctor Who in an exciting adventure with the Daleks, <laughs> and that was a uh, that was a uh, what, what are those called? Um, novelization, novelization. Yeah. Um, so it was a novelization of the story written by the script editor David Whitaker. Okay, uh, and uh, they they he he wrote that it was the beginning of what would become an ongoing thing where every story, every Doctor Who story would be. Uh, would have a novelization hmm. and would then continue on past Doctor Who into original publishing, and eventually Doctor Who uh, would would publish over five hundred uh, novels. Yeah, yeah, you can you can find them at a Barnes and Noble to this day. Yeah, and so that's uh, that was a huge thing because of this story, and then also uh, this story Whitaker um, adapted the story into uh, a feature film called Doctor Who and the Daleks uh, in which uh, the Doctor was uh, replaced by a human inventor literally named Doctor Who uh, starring <laughs> Peter Cushing. Oh, right. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that was Whitaker. Yeah. Weird. Okay. And, uh, and, and yeah, the, this story – so this story was adapted and came out in theaters June 24th, 1965. And, uh, yes, yeah, so like a year later, basically a year and a half later. Have either of you seen that? I haven't. No, no. We, we're going to, we're going to cover it if we ever get to do a, a live episode of this show. Oh, good. For the, I, for the patrons. I really like the title Doctor Who's Adventure with the Daleks because it, it, it sounds like they're working together. 
Doctor Who in an exciting adventure with the Daleks. In an ex- like, yeah, like I'm just picturing like romancing the stone with like the Doctor swinging from a vine and he's like holding I, I, a Dalek. I feel like that full title should end with Doctor Who in an exciting adventure with the Daleks on ice. Oh my yeah. god. I paid so much money. <laughs> I know. It's Welcome just- to Colombia. <laughs> <laughs> this is the idea of like the Daleks on ice skates. Yeah. Uh, also, originally, the, the original design for the Daleks, like, to make them move around was that they were going to build the Daleks around a tricycle, Cassie. What? Um, so, like, the people inside the Daleks would just be riding around on tricycles. Oh, that's delightful. Yeah. I Every, wish oh, God. You, you, could, you could just tell me things about the Daleks forever, and it would just get more and more <laughs> delightful. I know. It's pretty phenomenal. <laughs> So yeah, so that's uh, that's all the background I have uh, for the Daleks. It's quite a bit. Uh, I think it's I think it's interesting stuff. Yeah, well, you know, they're just they're these weird fat robot things that just they 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 want an, they want they want an entire nation's heart. Yeah, they yell a lot. They yell a lot. Uh, so so Nick, tell us about part one, the dead planet. I'd love to. Uh, so it it, it kind of starts off kind of like awkwardly in media res where they're like mid conversation, presumably just talking about how lame the cavemen were. Uh, and then it's yeah, it's weird. And so like um, they arrive in this like weird petrified jungle and uh, Ian and Barbara are like commenting on how interesting the flora is. And uh, they're, they're kind of not really aware yet that they're not on Earth. And um, then the doctor kind of offhandedly makes a comment that um, the planet that they're on is like highly radioactive. Um, and Ian and Barbara, well, especially Ian, doesn't take too kindly to hearing that, uh, which is understandable. Um, and then they come upon um, like a map painting of a futuristic city uh, that's like beyond the forest. And uh so Susan and the doctor are like, well, that's kind of cool. Let's go see what that is. Let's go see what kind of adorable aliens are in that place. And <laughs> and we'll we'll learn later on that uh, that that futuristic city is actually none other than Dalek City. But um, Ian and Barbara in <laughs> Dalek City, uh, <laughs> just Daleks uh Dalek, Dalek. Dalek. <laughs> <laughs> see like Times Square, but just Daleks. Oh my god. Extra. <laughs> extra. Oh. <laughs> uh, god. <laughs> god, sorry. Anyway, so God spreading the news. <laughs> Lock Dalek, <me>. Dalek. Dalek. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, a lady tonight. Oh my god! <laughs> Here come the sharks. <laughs> this is like these like Puerto Rican Daleks. Oh no! Okay, so, so <laughs> Ian, I just got the mental image of of two packs of Daleks snapping at each other. <laughs> just in an empty alleyway, a Dalek. Yeah. Or the Daleks are coming out of a playground. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> boy, boy, crazy! Alex will never boy. stop being funny. Ah, oh, they're amazing. So, so Ian and Barbara really want to go back to the TARDIS. Uh, so they're heading back, 
And then Susan, who is a foolish girl, uh, is becomes separated from the rest of the crew. And uh, she gets like she thinks that she's like been touched by like a hand, like a hand comes out and touches her. But then when she catches up with everyone, uh, she's like freaking out because like a human hand touched her. But no one believes her. So like and so they're like, you're just being silly. And then Barbara's like, hey, I think all that radiation went to my body. (laughs) (laughs) I don't feel super well. Um, and then there's like um, there's like a knocking outside of the TARDIS and it freaks everybody out. But um, the scanners on the TARDIS show that there's nobody outside because they haven't seen anyone since they've arrived on this this strange world. Uh, so uh, Ian and Barbara are just not about this. They want to go back to England. And then the doctor pretends to, you know, like go along with it. But he's actually fooling them. So he like sabotages the TARDIS, which is really weird. And, uh, and so it's like, oh, well, we need mercury for the for the thing. <laughs> so we have to we have to go. We have to go into that weird city and find some mercury. Um, And then, OK. And so the next morning, is this the scene where they eat breakfast? Yes. So Ian and Barbara are like, you know, me, me hungry, doctor. And the doctor's like, <laughs> okay, fine, like, fine. What do you want? And she's like, Barbara's like, well, I'd like some bacon and eggs. And he's like, fine. Bleep, bleep, bleep. And he like reaches into this little like furnace kind of deal and he pulls out like three foil like bars. And um and then Ian and Barbara like take a bite out of it and it's like an everlasting gobstopper where you can like taste like the eggs in one bite and the bacon no, in one. That was the gum, not the everlasting gobstopper. <laughs> oh, and it was the gum. Wait, what was the gobstopper? Yeah, I don't I, You would suck yeah. on it and it would never like it would never shrink. Yeah. Yeah. Never what get did it taste like? Like a gobstopper, I guess. Citrusy. Mm. Just a jawbreaker? Yeah, it's just a jawbreaker. I um I was subbing for a, a a a class yesterday and I had to watch the first 45 minutes of that movie five times. <laughs> oh wow. Because like that's how long the classes were. So like I I literally as soon as he found the ticket, it was like time for class to end. I was like, well, <laughs> rewind you, are, you are very familiar with the worst part of that movie. Yeah. Your Majesty. Oh, boy. The movie has a lot of weird jokes that kids do not get. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, so, so the next morning after eating their weird breakfast, uh, they, they emerge from the TARDIS and they find like a weird little box. And um, it has vials that are filled with this weird kind of like ambery liquid. And um, they're like, oh, it must have been whoever was like knocking on our door. They must have left these weird vials of amber liquid. Uh, So Susan puts the box back on the TARDIS for safekeeping. And then they decide to head off into the mysterious futuristic city. And it's built entirely of metal (laughs) with doorways that are kind of like squat and round. And like, what kind of stupid creatures have to fit through (laughs) these weird squat rounded doors? Um. (laughs) Oh, if only they knew. And uh, and <laughs> so while they're doing that, um, they they separate again, which is kind of weird. And Barbara is walking down like these weird metallic corridors. And um, then she she like she finds out that she's like trapped. And then. OK, so. OK, um, <laughs> I'm I'm talking to the listeners now. Um, remember that scene in Psycho? You were like, before. Well, I, I, oh, that's whoa, whoa! You just blew my mind. 
I've like always in my head been talking to you guys, but now I realize that makes zero sense because you guys have seen all this. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> okay, so so it's like it's like that scene in in Psycho where like the shower op- or kind of like Halloween, you know, we're like the very beginning of Halloween. So it's like the POV of a Dalek's like weird plunger nose and like so and, and like so you see like the 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 plunger and like the 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 stick the stock thing and then um barbara is like pinned against the wall and she does like a really great like b horror movie girl scream and mm-hmm. uh and then we we cut to black and that's the cliffhanger now i just i want to see uh i, I want to see a, a cold open with like a dalek like puts on a clown mask and like kills his sister oh my god what are you doing <laughs> Exterminate! <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man! Oh yeah. Uh, so so here's the thing that I really took away from watching this time. Um, I I, I really lo- I really love this story a lot. Uh, and what's interesting watching it is that like at the time obviously they had no idea about any of the things that i'm talking about but sure. when we're when as fans you know we have to make sense out of all of this stuff mm-hmm. and what i find fascinating about this story is everything we know about the daleks and the time war and the doctor and this is the first time the doctor has ever met the daleks he has never he has never had an experience with them whatsoever. So is it possible then I mean, – or not is it possible? I guess is the doctor directly responsible for the time war because oh, geez. he's he made first contact with the Daleks? Yeah. In, in a way, he drew first blood, not them. Yeah. Right. I guess so. But – yeah. Because this is like at the end of their timeline, kind of. So, like, how. I'm sure they go over it in other stories, but, like, how does that. Like, I don't know. Time travel's weird. But you know what I mean? Like, how do they remember that the doctor met them when they were all, like, dead? Right. I don't know. Because, like, well, because the thing with the Daleks is that. In these early stories, they keep thinking they're not going to bring them back, and then they keep bringing them back. So they have to like they end they kill them all, right? And then they're like, "LOL, there was more. There was a pocket of other Daleks," and they kind of keep doing that every time they come back. So I don't know. So in a way, that was that was always part of the tradition. Yeah. Of of like, it's like they're not all dead. There was like there was like eight left. <laughs> Yeah. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah. I. I'm. I'm actually like. So since we're since we're kind of going into like overall thoughts, I was actually yeah. consistently impressed. And granted, we've only seen the first three, or at least I've only seen the first three. Mm-hmm. I was really impressed with how, you know, like in, in in part two, we you know we're going to actually see the Daleks, and they look exactly, they look almost exactly like the Daleks that we see talking to to Peter Capaldi, and. You know, you you think back to like the first time that you met like Lex Luthor or like the Joker, and they're very different from like the the the, the characters that we kind of know and 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 love now. But like they they kind of were perfect out of the gate. Like yeah, the vo- like the voices. I mean, like the voices a little deeper, and they're not quite as like 
manic, but like, th- I mean, like th- these are Daleks, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I was really impressed with, with that. And it kind of, it makes sense that they were so immediately beloved by audiences because, you know, there was no like, all, you know, you know, like, you know, like when you want, when you see Klingons in, in the original series and you're like, well, those aren't Klingons, you know what I mean? Right. So yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, that was cool. I, I agree. I, I just, I find the idea that the, that, you know, having watched as much Doctor Who as we, we have watched, you know, <laughs> seeing the Doctor not know what a Dalek is, is so weird. It's deeply, it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's kind of like, it's like the, it's like the Batman not knowing what, who the Joker is. Right. Mm-hmm. Who's this guy? Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, all right, Cass, tell us about the survivors. Okay. Um, so while Barbara is kind of getting trapped by, a and threatened by like this Dalek. The uh, survivors, AKA looking for Barb in all the wrong places. Oh, <laughs> um, Ian and Susan and the doctor, they're like wandering and they enter this room full of like gadgets, um, including a, like a Geiger counter for some reason. And they're just like, oh, look, we're past the danger zone. And so they are definitely, they definitely have radiation sickness. An um, HR Geiger counter? Haha. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. um, Hello, everyone. Excuse <laughs> <laughs> me, HR Geiger. I like oh, horrible the little man. <laughs> I like the Daleks because they are phallic. Oh, my Everything God. is penises in my world. <laughs> <laughs> I once worked on Alan Jodorowsky's Doom. Oh my god! Oh my god! Um, so they they're like, oh, we have radiation poisoning. That sucks. Um, so the doctor uh, realizes that he messed up. Like he messed up big time, and he's like, hey, so uh, I sabotaged the TARDIS, and we need to leave now. Um, like forget Barbara, we need to leave now. And I'm not even like, entirely sure how she's my granddaughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Susan. That's Barbara's Susan. Barbara's, the, Barbara's the, the school teacher. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, well, oh, then double screw her. She's not even my kin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Ian's like, no, because Ian loved Barbara. Um, mm-hmm. And so Ian kind of takes the the piece to make sure this- that like, the doctor, I don't know. Like, Ian's yeah, like... Well- this this moment this moment is really interesting to me because yeah like Ian has to basically be like I'm taking this and you can't go back to the TARDIS because I've got this thing and we're gonna go find Barbara and that's that yeah. and the doctor's like all right and I what I found interesting about this was because that is not the doctor we know the doctor we know would never leave someone behind right on a strange radiation filled planet. And that he lied we, to. Right. And we know, you know, because later in the story, he's in serious danger of having radiation sickness uh, and dying from it. And we know that he can die from radiation sickness because he does two other times. Two right. other, three other times? Three other times. Um, third doctor, fifth doctor, and tenth doctor all die of radiation poison. That's why right? he was so pissed the, 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 the tenth time. Yeah. <laughs> seriously and uh and and so my thing is like when this happened i was like i i hate weird inconsistent character stuff like that and again though that's us knowing the doctor's entire life story up to this point 
But this doctor comes like before they've written all that. So these people don't know anything. They're all, you know, making this show on the seat of their pants. Right. Yeah. Pop, but pop, again, pop. as fans, you want it to all make sense. And I was just thinking about this moment. And I was like, well, the doctor's never regenerated before. So maybe he's scared of dying. I don't think this doctor is like our doctor yet because it like my my justification for like the companion is the most important character in the show instead of the doctor is because his companions make him like shape him into the character that we love today. Like mm-hmm. it starts with that crappy caveman story, but like because he's just some like old dude with his granddaughter, like. It's kind of like Rick and Morty up to this point. Like, he's just like, whatever. Just leave him. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, even even the fact that, you know, the companion is, like, calling him grandfather. It's, it's kind of like Summer and, and Rick. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have a conscience yet. Conscience yet. Um, so I think he's more, he's more like other Time Lords that we encounter later on in the show. Because they yeah, don't really. Kind of really... like Blase. And yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I think that Ian and Barbara specifically uh, like influence him the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would argue that like this doctor who's like, I don't, I don't want to die. Let's just leave her. Like is not to where like the standard <laughs> that we hold him to yet. Yeah. Cause right. he, of course he's not, he's yeah. not like the, he's not like a Jack Kirby cosmic guardian of all of space and time yet. He's just like right, a yeah. punk that stole a TARDIS and is yeah. not enjoying joy writing. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 and I, I understand all that. I'm just, I'm, I'm specifically talking about the fact that he's like really afraid of dying in this episode, and yeah. I'm, and I'm like throughout it, and I'm just wondering, you know, obviously they don't know about regeneration, the the creators of the the show at this point, but because we do, you know, you want to make sense of that, mm-hmm. and I just wonder, like, if the process of regeneration. When you've never done it before, I, I was just thinking about it. I was like, that would be terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the way that the Tenth Doctor kind of describes regeneration, where it, it essentially is is like a kind of death, you know? Yeah. And and like, you know, the, the we can I've always inferred that um that the doctor stole the TARDIS as a young man. And so like to see him now as William Hartnell, like he's he sort of lived a full life. Um well, we know that he didn't steal it as a as a young man because we see uh, old man William Hartnell steal the TARDIS in uh, Day of the Doctor. Oh, okay. Or no, or no meh, name meh, of the Doctor. Meh, name of the Doctor. Meh, meh, meh. Uh, nope, it's in the show. It's continuity. You can't meh, do that. Meh, meh. You can't do that. No, I will do it whenever I want nope, to. <laughs> you can't. You can't. It's in the show. It's I continuity. Know. It doesn't mean I have to like it. Oh. <laughs> Um, also, it wouldn't make sense for him to be much younger because he has Susan, and you know she's young. True. She's like supposed to be. But Time Lords can like age differently because um, it takes like Matt Smith like two thousand years to get to like what William Hartnell is. I guess that's true. I'm just Although kind of. A- I need to be like a kid for like forty years. That would be the worst. <laughs> yeah, it's like a prepubescent <laughs> kid. Oh God. <laughs> Just imagine Adric trapped like oh Adric. Oh my god! Like, <laughs> oh, that's, well, that's hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I'm, just, I'm just kind of obsessed with. I mean, if like the part of this whole 
mythology that kind of excites like the, my Clone Wars, I think, is like I'm obs- I'm really fascinated by the idea of like young first doctor mm-hmm. and like what he was like. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I, I, I like the idea of like him just being kind of like like a bratty, almost kind of like a Peter Quill kind of like I'm the coolest Time Lord that I'm going to do everything and I'm going to steal this TARDIS. Yeah, I know he uh, I, I do. I, I I like that. And I also like the idea of this guy, you know, I think is it is it Eleven who who mentions this where he's just like. You know, like, oh, I was always back when I was young, I always acted old because I wanted to be more important than I was. Oh, yeah. Um, And I kind of like that, too. Like the idea that he's acting all old and wise, but it's like it's like a coping mechanism for him not really knowing much about the universe yet. Yeah. And then kind of the and he has a reverse complex later on in his life when he's like a, an ancient being pretending to be like a young, hip. Right. Kind of bachelor. Right. Cause, well, because at that point he was on his last regeneration. I mean, we didn't know that at the time, but sure. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, that moment just like there was I had a lot of thoughts about that particular. Sure, yeah, I mean, it would be like if Batman was like ghosts, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. not Batman. Come on, Superman, we got to go. Oh, I'm not going in there, Superman. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of, of dying. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Imagine if any time anyone pulled out a gun, that's how Batman was like. <laughs> Oh no! Does like the Hanna Barbera like shaking sound effect? Yeah, <laughs> it's like that bone rattling sound. Yeah. <laughs> Just jumps into Superman's arms. <laughs> oh man, that's the Batman we deserve. <laughs> um, so Ian takes this 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 TARDIS part hostage, and it's like you're gonna help me look for her, or else and. So they leave the room and they we get our first like actual glimpse of the Daleks because um, they like yeah hero really cool. shot yeah they're like yeah. surrounded by them Such a um, good shot. <laughs> and uh, they like take them prisoner because uh, it's Doctor Who um, and Ian tries to run uh, but he's shot by one of them and it's interesting. <laughs> how, how will you run when your legs don't work? <laughs> Yeah, they he, they just paralyze him. They don't like kill him, which yeah, is interesting. It's, it's really weird that they don't a they don't kill Barbara, and b like he just because you know Ian's like just like psych and just runs away and the dog's like phrase and just like shoots him in the legs. Well, they think that they might be Thals, and they're oh, interested right. in that. Yeah, so they're just like what living beings? What? Yeah, but we've ne- we uh, never see the paralyzed like the the. Phaser set to stun mode ever again, do we? Well, that's no, because they don't ever care about keeping people alive ever again. Yeah, that's what I thought. Because I forgot this was a thing, and I was like, oh no, Ian's gonna die. But wait, no, he's not. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just now like, they're just evil killing machines. Yeah, that would uh, be cool. I, I would like to see the, the phaser set to stun thing happen again in the new Who. I like, like the idea of a Dalek being like, shut up, yeah. and just like, like, just handicap someone for like two hours yeah <laughs> but then the whole episode would be like why are they keeping us alive that would be like the entire plot of the episode of like 
Why would they do this? Mm. We're just we we just we're trying something new. <laughs> Daleks no kill. Daleks just keep paralyzing people <laughs> and putting them and putting them in the base of a Dalek because they they need a new Davros. Oh my god! Your Davros, a new Davros. Your Davros, Papa. <laughs> Papa, just, Papa, Papa, Papa. Just, just London is just like filled with people crawling on the on the ground. Why are, they, why are they doing this to us? Oh my god! Must find Papa. <laughs> like if they don't fit in Davros's chair, they just kind of like throw their limp body just like out. It's like a, it's like a Cinderella one. story. The glass slipper. Oh my god. It's like a Dalek wheelchair. Oh man. <laughs> oh. Also, I love them calling Dalek strange machines. Because <laughs> they don't know anything yet. And right. Like, oh, these weird robots. <laughs> That's so awesome. They know as much as, as, like, as we do when we first watched the, ep- when, you know, in our first Dalek story. Right. Um, so These robots are so mad. <laughs> they really want to find their pop pop. <laughs> pop pop. <laughs> um. So the the Daleks take them prisoner and they lock them up and they they summon like the doctor and they they ask him a bunch of questions and he's like I'm not a Thal I don't know what a Thal is and they the Daleks. They're like very forthcoming with like their exposition and their backstory. Yeah. Like they're just like, oh yeah, there was a war with the Thals, and they like live out there in the forest, and we assume that they are also mutated because uh, of the radiation. And don't you know this stuff because you look like a Thal? And the doctor's like, no question mark. Um, so the Daleks are now you know, in their Daleky prisons, I guess. Um, and they are, they just live in their metal city. Um, and the doctor is like pleading with them and he's like, Hey, we're going to die if we don't get medicine. And the Daleks are like, okay, cool. Um, so they, they're like, okay, well, I guess you can go get drugs if you need it. Um, so we are a sensible race. (laughs) Yeah. So the doctor is passed out at this point. Like he he goes back and they're like Ian's arguing with Barbara and Susan a little bit as to who's gonna go, but Ian is still um uh, paralyzed. So and Barbara's kinda like like crazy too. So Susan uh is the only one who's well enough to go out. So she's she goes out back into the forest to get the uh the vials of medicine that they found outside the TARDIS and she uh, wanders back into the forest and she's like scream crying, which is weird. Um, And she's like followed by this figure and the Daleks are kind of plotting and they're just like, well, when the girl comes back with the drugs, they're going to take them and they're going to leave, leave the the four of them to die because we need it. Um, And, Susan 
goes into the TARDIS, gets the stuff, and then she is the cliffhanger. The cliffhanger is um, is the the the, the TARDIS that, doors yeah. open. And then the, yeah, the TARDIS doors the open, and then she starts to walk outside. And that's okay, it. okay, yeah, yeah. There's also oh. that really great moment where uh, where because Ian's legs don't work, and so they have to send Susan. And there's this bit where where after she leaves with the Daleks to to head for the TARDIS, mm-hmm. uh, Barbara's just like. I can't believe you did that. He's like, what choice did I have? And he just starts punching, punching himself in the leg. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you legs. Why won't you work? Oh my God. I forgot to talk about my favorite part in the first, first episode is when oh. uh, Susan is looking at that flower and she's like, oh, I want the flower. And Ian's like, oh, let me help you. And he like picks it for her and it's so gentle. And she's like, I'm going to keep it forever. And then Barbara starts screaming because of that weird metal armadillo. And Ian just kind of like smashes it into Susan's hands and leaves. And she's just kind of looking <laughs> at her hands with this like broken glass, like petrified flower. And it's the funniest oh. thing because he's like, I'll help you until Barbara's like, ah! and he's just like, whoa. Yeah, people are very. No one is really nice to Susan in this episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Um. So, part three, the escape, begins with Susan leaving the TARDIS and meeting our friend and yours, the Armadillo Arian. Um, yes. <laughs> and. This guy is just like the perfect specimen of blonde male uh, in an armadillo costume that you could ever meet. And uh, he's a Thal. And Susan's like, wait, weren't you guys supposed to be mutated? And, you know, when compared to the Daleks, in a way, I guess he sort of is. <laughs> um, because he's he's perfect. It's interesting that this Look story- how awful looking he is. What? Look how disgusting he is. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting that this story is about, I mean, it's basically Nazis versus the Aryan race. Oh my God. Yeah. Which is the weirdest thing. Like that is such a weird idea. God bless Terry nation. Um, so, (laughs) so (laughs) it turns out that, um, uh, Aryan armadillo, he's the one who left those drugs and was the creepy hand that Susan saw that no one Sorry about that. Saw. Yeah. And she's like, "Oh, that's weird." And this whole time, they have like a they have literally like a 5-minute conversation. And the entire time Susan is cowering in fear until he goes, "Do you trust me?" And she was like, "Oh, yeah, of course I do." And she's just like totally cool then. Um yeah. And uh he takes off his coat, the his armadillo coat. And uh, gives it to her, and he is basically wearing, and this is the outfit that all of the the male thals wear. Um, he's wearing, like basically like a Jedi outfit in the prequels, only mm-hmm. without the gi part. So it's just like the two straps that hang down over his skin, his bare body. Um, yeah, yeah, and then leather pants with holes. Like strategic holes all the way down, <laughs> down his leg, and uh, uh, you know, bro, bro's wearing a thong, and uh, I'm, I, I get it, I get it, it's fine. 
Either that or he's sure. going commando. It's one or the other. Um, but uh, but yeah, no uh, no underwear lines on this guy. Um, he's 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 wanting to show off some skin. Uh, so yeah, possibly underage girl. Yeah, so uh, he meets. So yeah, so he meets Susan, and and they become sort of friendly. And he's like, she's like, okay, well, I'm gonna go. He gives her some backup drugs because the Daleks want her drugs. And he's like, well, let me give you some more drugs for your friends then. And you hide these drugs, and you take those other drugs to the Daleks. And she's like, cool. And so they go off together, and he's gonna like kind of escort her uh, part of the way to the to the to the Daleks. And uh, the Daleks, meanwhile, um, are really excited about finding the Thals. Uh, they're really into the idea of finding them and figuring them out. Uh, I don't know if they're wanting to like do a compare and contrast or what the deal is there. But we we also we also find out that the Thals they are um, they uh, are uh, agriculturers. What do you what do you, what is that? Farmers? I mean, they're farmers, but. Yeah, they're farmers, but they're like they're into agriculture. And but they were designed, they were a race built to be warriors. And when the uh neuron bomb or whatever the heck they call it, uh went off and destroyed the planet, um they have now started uh like needing this the great rain that comes once every 5 or 6 years. And currently it is two years late, which is why everything is garbage on this planet. And the Thals are really hungry because they can't farm anything uh, because they don't have any water left because there's no rain. And that like the little bit of water they do have, they need it to like, you know, live. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so they're, they're like, they're like scavenging for food and stuff. And this guy is just one guy as a part of like a little fall like mini tribe who are like out scavenging for food and stuff. A Reich, if you will. Right. And Susan comes back to the to the uh to home base and he she's telling um Barbara and Ian all about the Daleks and, and the doctor wakes up and he's listening and stuff. And uh yeah, so like now the the, the um she she tells them that basically the Thals want a treaty with the Daleks so that they can get food and supplies and things like that. And they're like, hey, look, we'll we'll you know let's do a peace treaty, no more war. You give us stuff we need, we'll do what we can for you. Everything will be great. And the Daleks are like, okay, this will be great. We're gonna help the Thals. And the other, this other dog is like, why would we do that? And he's like, because we will give them a false sense of security, uh, which is so funny. Uh, uh, so they want to lull the Thals into a false sense of security so they can destroy them once and for all. So they're, so they're basically going to give them whatever they want. And... The uh, our our friend the uh, Aryan armadillo meets a whole clan of uh, Aryan armadillos and uh, oh. yeah and they 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 all are sort of like hanging out around the TARDIS and uh, the the boss who basically actually when they're not in their armadillo coats they basically look like Khan and his crew uh, yeah Khan. yeah they do. Yeah, they kind of have that vibe. And there's even, like, their leader is, like, even, like, kind of an older, like, suaver guy. Oh. Um, and when I say suave, I mean he says lines like, 
haven't you seen haven't you seen like he's like referring to like this woman on the crew on the crew and he and he's like i know you don't pay attention to her but or he's like i know she was just a child when she joined our clan when we began this journey but that was four years ago <laughs> and he's like looking at her just like and now damn <laughs> it's, it's really messed up now i'm just it's imagining really creepy God, Ricardo Montalban versus the Daleks would be would have been incredible. Oh God, I don't even want to think about that. Hello, that is... you stupid fat monsters. <laughs> That's too much. Uh, I love that. Um, yeah, it's 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 funny because, uh, like, well, well, what makes it creepy is that okay. So she was like, but that was four years ago. So if it's four years, so if she's eighteen. And four years ago, that means 14. I kind of feel like that's not young enough for them to have been referring to her as a child, which <laughs> makes me think that she's not any older than like 16. 16. Yeah. Yeah. Which means she was 12 when their journey started, which makes more sense, which makes it so much creepier because it's just like, yeah, How? she's a woman now. Well, not really. No. <laughs> I mean, it's actually not. Pocahontas, like 11. <laughs> I mean, physically, yes, but mentally, you know, maybe let's wait a while. Come on, guys. Get your, <laughs> How old is Susan get it together. supposed to Come be? On. Put it, put it, put it in your holy leather pants. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. So then uh, the Daleks go into the room and they're like, here, have some water. And they're like, great. Now, now give me the child. And it's like, child. Yeah. So they she, they want Susan and she goes with them and then there's this really adorable scene where the Daleks are uh, – she's sitting on the floor um, in, in the middle of like a gang of Daleks and the Daleks are dictating a peace treaty to her and she's like <laughs> writing it down in crayon and just like, OK, and then this and then this. Uh, and also the Daleks apparently understand um, – I imagine she's not – We will never be truly free unless those in bondage have freedom as well. <laughs> I imagine she's not writing in English. Like she's probably writing in Gallifreyan. So they uh, they apparently understand Gallifreyan because they uh, – they like, what is this last word? Suzanne. And she starts giggling and he, they shout, stop that noise. Like they just <laughs> – what is that? The sound, the sound of Susan's giggles, like just like give them all migraines, and they stop that noise. Uh, it's pretty amazing. We um, hate, we hate. <laughs> and so now they have the peace treaty that they're going to give to the Thals, and Susan goes <laughs> back to their to the room, and uh, they break into a fake fight. Uh, the the four of them break into a fake fight and break the camera that they figure out that they have because the Daleks say we're going to use her. We're going to use Susan to make a peace treaty because I know that that's what you want is peace with the Thals. And they leave and then Ian's like, how did they know that we wanted that? And they're like, hmm, good point. And then they figure out that there's a there's a security camera in the room and so they, they take that out. Uh, and, but what's funny is they do it and Ian's just like, you think the Daleks uh, – bought it and he and the doctor's like oh absolutely they bought it and then you cut to the daleks and they're just like do they do you really think they did that on accident and the other dog's like of course not that would be stupid 
And and so like just immediately they know that it's that that they smell the BS. Like just immediately. Um and then somehow Ian and the doctor put together the Daleks are powered on static electricity because the floors are metal. And so that means that they must be running on static electricity. Honestly, I could not follow their logic on this. Sure. But it it is what it is, I guess. Um and so then Ian is like, well, if they run on static electricity, then all we need to do is break the current between them and the metal floor. And he looks at the armadillo coat and he's like, hey, this armadillo coat that Susan came in with, maybe if maybe we can use this to break the uh, break that 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 current. And uh, so they start formulating a plan. Meanwhile, the thalls. Uh, they are basically we just sort of like meet the the whole tribe uh, out in this little camp area, and uh, Conthal is like uh, you know they're, they're like so. Do you think? Uh, I mean, what 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 do you think? Should we should we trust the Daleks? You know, we got this peace treaty going on. Like, what do what do you think? Like, it's written this, in crayon. Yeah, is this a thing we should do? And he's like, well, here's what I think. I think that the Daleks have everything to do with our future. And whatever it is, we should just accept. <laughs> and they're all like, I, I mean, I get, I, I would think it'd kill us. And he's like, we should just accept it. Okay. All right. Whatever yeah. you say, Con. He's super zen about it. Look yeah. At that, look at that face. Yeah. Look at that round um, face. So then we come back to uh, Barbara, Ian, Susan, and the doctor all setting a trap for a Dalek. The Daleks come with the food. Uh, they use the water and the the dirt on Susan's shoes to make mud, and they come up with this trap where uh, Ian uses that thing that he took from the doctor, and he puts it under the door as the Dalek comes in, so then the door can't shut when the Dalek leaves. The Dalek comes back in to investigate, and Barbara throws mud in its eye, and then they both jump the Dalek and try to get it to run over the... Uh, the armadillo coat to break the the current, the electric current. And uh, meanwhile, while this is happening, the Dalek just keeps repeating, keep away from me, keep away from me, keep away from me, keep away from me. And it's just like spinning around. And it's, I mean, it's incredible to watch just like four people just <laughs> take down this bulky, stupid robot. <laughs> just just screaming for personal space. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh no other do- no other Daleks come to investigate this Dalek <laughs> screaming uh that it's going to die. Uh and then so then they run it over the armadillo coat and that breaks the breaks the current and the the Dalek sort of like the power of the Dalek like dies and then they're like okay great that works so then they start to open up the Dalek and then the doctor and Ian both see something that they're not super comfortable with, and they tell the 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 ladies uh, to uh, go out front and uh, watch for any other Daleks to show up. And they're like, "Oh, okay, we're going to do that." And then they, as soon as they're out of visual range, the doctor and Ian both lift open the thing and they grab the armadillo coat and use it to lift something out of the Dalek uh, that they didn't want. Uh, Susan and Barbara to see and uh, and then Ian gets inside of the Dalek and uh, is, a, is a little cramped and he sort of like tests out the controls and stuff 
uh, and he can't figure them out. So then everyone decides they're just going to wheel him around. And somehow oh, and, and, and like out. we we get to hear the the vocal, the filter of a Dalek voice, but with like emotion. And it's really, really weird. Yeah, it is super weird. Because Ian's like, oh, hello. Oh, we have to eat. Like, it's like, oh, he, he, it just sounds like a Dalek talking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they, they correct him and they're like, monotone, monotone. And he's like, okay, like this. And then they, they all have a real laugh riot about that. Uh, <laughs> that's that's and, how that stupid alien we just killed talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they uh, they start wheeling him out. And uh, there's the like, it's either Barbara or Ian. I forget who it is. I think it's Ian. Ian goes... Like, won't, won't they notice that you guys are obviously pushing me around? The Daleks like, no, of course they won't. And it's like, <laughs> I, don't, I mean, they knew that you messed up the camera, dude. Like, come on. Um, and then I we, think Steve is dead. But then as they make, start making their way down the That's hallway. That's not Steve. <laughs> as they start making their way down the hallway, uh, we cut back inside to the armadillo coat and uh, a little tentacle claw thing reaches out from under it. And we're like, what's that? And that's the end of part three. So it's weird looking back at the start of this <laughs> and knowing that the Daleks were were never scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... This isn't like one of those situations where like over time, you know, like, oh, well, you know, like uh, like Godzilla used to be a bad guy. But now he's like Tokyo's like superhero. You know what I mean? Like, no, right. they were always like like weird and ridiculous and kind of like vaguely sad and like easy to overpower. Right. It's they're just such a fascinating villain. They are. They're like the opposite of Velociraptors. <laughs> they are. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I honestly, I just can't believe there's four more of these. Uh, we've <laughs> no, accomplished so much in these three episodes that it's 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 crazy to me that there's four more after this. Uh, but I'm excited to get to them. I don't know. Did uh, yeah. Ca- Cass? You were really excited about. Rewatching this, how did how did it yeah. live up to your memory? Um, it's just as silly as I remember it being, but that's why I love it. Uh, uh-huh. Because the Daleks was like the second classic Who story I've ever seen. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, so I watched a Pertwee one before this. I think it was uh, I forget which Pertwee one it was. Um, but so this was like my first like classic Daleks and Hartnell and it's it was ridiculous then and it's just as ridiculous now and I love it a lot um and I it it takes forever to get anything going in this um but I I think that's just the way Terry Nation writes because he Mm -hmm. he's like oh well what if they run on static electricity and what if they there's like these beautiful blonde men in the woods and (laughs) they're at war with the fat robot thing yeah (laughs) and what if there's radiation and he's he just he fills his episodes with so many ideas it's insane it's really cool the way like he 
he plays with the TARDIS too. Like I don't think we ever see the breakfast machine again, but like that's a thing that yeah. happened. Um, well, because I've always wondered about the kitchen and the TARDIS. Like, right. Your companions need to eat. And uh, and now we know that they eat little protein bar things. <laughs> I kind of wish, and I mean, I don't, I don't know. How, I mean, maybe there's like continuity once again stopping me from having my fun. But I would, I would be interested to see the Daleks and these and these Aryan and these Aryan, uh, you know, Ubermen like fight again. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I I really like the Thals. Yeah, the Thals. Yeah. Like we hate you, yeah. we hate you, stupid. They, they kind of like because Genesis of the Daleks takes place like in the midst of that war that they talk about. So mm-hmm. like, and um, don't we when we see the when the Doctor like saves little Davros, like there's Thals, I think. Yeah. Oh, those were Thals. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They just never look this hunky ever again. No. Well, they should. Yeah. I want the, like, the pants with, like, the sexy holes down the leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They all I'm... shop at a Hot Topic and a Bohemian store. <laughs> they shop, they get their bottoms at Hot Topic and their tops at a Bohemian store. Yeah. Guys, I have a new life goal. I, I, I want to hug a dollar. <laughs> That's not hard. You can go, most comic conventions have dollars. Yeah. I want to hug a real one. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's going to be a lot more difficult, Nick. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, I guess that wraps us up on our uh, on the first three parts of the Daleks. Um, we'll uh, we'll come back for the last uh, four episodes uh, next week. Has there ever been a Doctor Who episode where a group of like school children managed like tip over a Dalek? Oh man, wait till Dalek Invasion of Earth. Oh yeah. Dalek okay, tipping city. It's amazing. Oh, that's the good stuff. <laughs> that, that that's all I want is just a bunch of children just like rocking a Dalek back and forth until it falls. I don't over. think it's children, but it's definitely like just a group of dudes just tip over a Dalek. <laughs> just, just just soccer hooligans. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. It's amazing. Um Boy! <laughs> <laughs> So Boys more thing. Kill it. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Keep away from me. Keep away from me. <laughs> safe space. Safe space. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Not get to touch me. God. Uh, I love the dogs so much. <laughs> Oh, they're just they're just so much better than the Cybermen in every conceivable way. Oh man. You are better at dying. <laughs> <laughs> they're so much better at everything. Oh, well so the Dalek, I mean, because the Cybermen aren't funny. Right. I think like old school Cybermen are much scarier than Yeah, they're scarier for sure. But yeah. you can't have as much fun with them. Yeah, that's true. As you can, Daleks. And the and the 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 shame about Cybermen is, I feel like they keep trying to make them scary again, but like they just can't make it work yet. 
Well, that's because they over-designed them, I think. Yeah, because like, I think that's what Nightmare and Silver was supposed to be, and like that one just really backfired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, poor Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Hey, he's writing a book about Norse mythology. I saw that today. Yes. It's really crazy. Yes. Yeah, it has Mjolnir on the cover. I know. I saw I saw that, but I didn't realize, like, I thought he was just, like, contributing to it. I didn't realize he was writing the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's cool. Uh, so, yeah, we will be back next week with uh, the Daleks part four through seven. But uh, where can they find us in the meantime, Nick? Well, they can find us in a lot of places. They can go to duelinggenre.com. It's kind of our uh, umbrella corporation, but not that umbrella corporation, where we <laughs> uh, house all of our operations, including you know not just the Doctor's Companion, but also Back to the Future Minute, which is on a hiatus for the remainder of the year. But if you have yet to get started on that, now is the perfect time to get caught up. You have plenty of time. Uh, we've reviewed both Back to the Future movies, part I mean, part one and two, one minute at a time featuring Cassandra on like multiple minutes, right? Yeah, like three. I think. And uh, and then also Geek by Night, which is coming back and uh, we're we're very proud of. And you can email us at contact at the doctor's companion dot US. Um, let us know if you want us to, you know, review class. Um, you know, like, what do you guys think? Uh, tweet us at TDC pod, follow us at TDC pod. We post a lot of fun Doctor Who stuff. We talk about Doctor Who news, uh, the doctor's companion podcast.tumblr.com where you can, um, if you want to draw us like pictures of like Daleks in West side story, um, <laughs> please, please, that would be great. Um, or just Daleks doing anything really like just Daleks, like walking through Manhattan or. Like throwing fish at each other at like a market. I don't know. Um, <laughs> like us, like us on I love Facebook. The idea of a, of a Dalek fishmonger. See, <laughs> bass. They're just like tossing it back and forth, and like one wraps it somehow. Oh my god, it's amazing. You see, we make our work fun. <laughs> They're wearing like those bloody aprons. Uh, oh, God, we could we could do this all day. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> if you want to help us out, go to duelingshotter.com slash support or check on our donate button or uh, click on merch and buy a Doctor's Companion t-shirt or a Geek by Night t-shirt. Yeah.